the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the third part in our series on our church's vision. The main reading is Philippians chapter 2. Amen. Um, so the last few weeks we've been looking at, um, <coughs> two weeks ago we looked at the house of prayer. Uh, that's what the Lord wants, that's what we want to be place where people can meet <coughs> God, people can encounter God. That's what um, the Lord was angry over. We talked about that when um, he went and saw that that court of the Gentiles was a place where everyone could go, and that was where everyone could meet the Lord. But all those things going on had stopped it, diluted, departed, and distorted, and all those kind of things. And uh, and uh, we've just got to be make sure that the Lord is is with us in our gatherings, so when people come, they'll encounter with the Lord. And uh, and uh, we've got to be confident in the Lord, haven't we, of, of who we are, what we believe. I was just in a, in a talk last night about um, how we deal with um, people with gender issues and all that kind of thing. And we can get a little bit huffy, can't we, huffy-puffy. But you know what? You know, we must never be uh, too... too uh, if they want to come into this place to hear the gospel, let them come. Yeah. We've yes. got to be confident to know that if the Lord is here, they can have an encounter with God. Because you know what? They need Jesus as well, don't they? Everyone needs Jesus. So we need to be the house of prayer. So we, we know, we looked last week at what the church is. Uh, the church is the body, the, the, the bride, the building where God is. And, and uh, we looked at uh, Jacob. I didn't know that this was the Bethel, the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. That's what the church should be. So people can come. 1 Corinthians 14, they'll come in and the word of the Lord is being ministered, the prophetic word in the Bible says, the secrets of their heart are revealed and they'll say, God is in this house. You know, when we're confident in, in who we are, what we know, we're not concerned really uh, about, you know, because the Lord will sort that out, isn't it? Let him in. Let him under the gospel. Get the gospel come with anointing and power and see people changed. Because you know what? We all are unsaved, don't we? Sinners saved by grace. So we're looking at that, but um, uh, we, we began to talk about that, what a church is, and then we looked at our vision, what we want to be personally, uh, specifically, and of course we, we got an acrostic. We love acrostics. You say, what does that mean? I don't know. I just, you know, uh, it's a word where you've got you to you uh, 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 say off every letter, yes? So our acrostic is prayer, because we, we want to be a p- people of prayer. We are looking for that and needing to be that and our first one's obviously p for, for us who can spell p prayer but p is preeminence a nice big word for you preeminence which means above everyone else excelling pre is before is first the preeminence of the lord jesus christ in the church as his body and in the individuals that make it up you see there's our first our, our first vision. Jesus being who he is. See, when we understand who Jesus is, we'll look at that in a minute, we will bow the knee to him. When we don't understand who he is, then we'll, um, if you read the word for today today, you'll treat him as a, as, as, as a passenger instead of a driver. And I thought it was very good because we want Jesus as a passenger, isn't it? Just in case we, we take a wrong turn in, don't we? Oh, now he says, now go, go the wrong way. Uh, or we want him to say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for the next tank of petrol. Yeah, yeah he's a good passenger there, hadn't he? Or I'll buy, I'll buy the next meal. But Jesus is no passenger. 
And there's no dual controls either, because we love Jesus in the driver, driving seat, and then want dual controls. You know, dual controls is when we're learning, we we think we're driving, we think we're doing well, but the driving instructor's actually been, you know, doing it. We want Jesus in the driving seat, yet we still want those dual controls. But no, Jesus in absolute full control. Let's see who Jesus is first. We've got to get our minds to understand who he is, and then we'll see why. Uh, Revelation 1, 17 to 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as the dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and of I am the Alpha and the Omega. When the cults come and say, well, Jesus is someone less, that is an impossibility. Because he declares, I am the Alpha on the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Well, only God can be those things. Yeah, uh, Someone less than God can't be the beginning and the end. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is who I am. Uh, Colossians 1, 15, 18. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all <coughs> creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, he might have supremacy. You see, again, we'll maybe look a little bit later on about Colossians, but ultimately, Jesus is the head of creation. He's spoken into being. He was the creator. He's not just the creator. He's the one who holds it all together. They don't understand how, how it holds together. Whatever they say, they, say they don't really understand why it's all like this. And how it, it, Well, we know how it is because the Lord is holding it together by the word of his power. Uh, he's the head of creation. He's the head of the church. He links them both. He's the head. He is the head. Now, we can not make him our head. And the trouble is then what will happen? It'll become religion. This will become a club. Um, but when he's the head, then we know the Lord's going to work. The Lord's going to use me and you. Use us. Why? Because he's in, he's in the head. And uh, what we'll see now, uh, everything comes down from the head. Blessing and gifting and ministries come from the head into the body so we can be used. So he is not just the head of creation, he's the head of the church. Of course, you can, again, other metaphors the Bible uses, he's the cornerstone, the chief capstone. He's not just the beginning of the building. The cornerstone brings gives it design, structure, size, orientation. It, the foundation stone, he's the capstone. It bring, who finishes the building off, finishes the arch off. All those metaphors he, we, we have. Uh, Ephesians 1, 22-23. <clears throat> and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He is the head. He is all in all. Without him, again, is religion. But with him, all in all, he fills all in all. He, lo he longs to do a greater work. And I was just uh, reading a little thing about what C.S. Lewis said about when the Lord comes into our life and he, he pictures, it, again, we've done it before, pictures our, our lives like a house. 
And of course, he, he said, we don't mind it when he's, he's fixing the drains and he, he's fixing the leaky roof in our lives because we know that needs to be done. But he said, when he, when he starts knocking walls down and changing the structure of, of that building, we think, whoa, whoa, we've been uncomfortable, you know. Lord, I liked it like this. this, this you know, I, I wanted those jobs done because they needed to be done. But now you're changing the whole structure of my life and all the, the arrangement of my life, changing the colors, lady, sorry, uh, as he wants, then we get very uncomfortable. But remember, when he's coming in, He's not coming in just to fix those things. He's coming his regeneration. And what we've, what we've lost is the cross. The old, uh, Tozer called it the old cross. The old cross where it actually says, look, you are dying. You, you know, it's not a reorientation. It's not a re, re-guidance or a restructuring. No, no, no. You are dying. And uh, he's living in us and with us. Tozer said about uh, someone who was crucified... Uh, and those who were crucified with Christ, there are three markers. They are facing only in one direction. Uh, they can never turn back. And they no longer have plans of their own. A crucified man. Think about that. He's only going in one way. One, he's facing one direction. It ain't no going back off the cross. And uh, from there on in, he has no plans of his own. That's our Lord. That's our Lord. And um, so Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, again, the headship of Jesus Christ. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to a whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. He's the head. Now, again, good tester. Is he my head? Is he the head of the church? Well, is there fruit? Is there maturity? Or is there in infancy? Are we still struggling in those areas? Are we still have those character flaws that have haven't been have been haven't been changed? Well, can I say that's then the Lord is in the head because the Bible says when He's head, He empowers, He allows us to receive, so we grow, no longer toss back and forth. We are strong in Him, in Him. Remember, outside Him, we have got no hope. We have no hope. The Bible says, without, again, John fifteen, uh, abide in Me. Without Me, you can do nothing. Stay in Me. Strength, power. Everything, life, vitality from him. He is the head. He, he is the head. We have to be connected to him. Uh, Colossians 2. Let no one treat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, being of death, by his flesh All the body nourished and knitted together by joints and ligaments, grow with the increase that is from God. 
lost connection to the head. And when you lose connection to the head, decay, death. The trouble with the Colossian church was, as we said before, and not unlike our society today, there was so much influence because it was a cosmopolitan, metropolitan city. There were lots of, we call it syncretism, lots of ideas, astrology, Roman gods, Greek gods, animism, all these things were crowding in. And, and we've got to be very careful that we don't adapt what the world thinks into what the Bible says and, and morph it. Because what we do, we, what we do, we take something of the world and we say, oh, we can fit that into the Bible. No, 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 no. Let the word of God speak. And of course, what they've done, they've taken Jesus and forgot how awesome he was. That's why when we read Colossians, he's saying, whoa, 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 we've forgotten who Jesus is. He is God incarnate. All the fullness of God had dwell in Jesus. They brought Jesus down to an angelic level and then you're in trouble. See, when you don't understand who Jesus is, then you will not bow the knee to him. You will not worship him. You will not get in love with him. You will not follow him with all your heart. Now, when you understand who he is, that he is the God Almighty actually stepped down onto the planet, let me tell you, there's nothing, can, nothing can stop us. We will love him. We will worship him. We will serve him. Why? Because if he is who he says he is and he's done what he says he's done, there's nobody else. There's nothing else. Only him. And uh, so that's why that when we get saved, he is our Lord. We used to say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And uh, it's as true as it was then, it's as true as it is today. Um, Romans 10, verse 9. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Um, 1 John 2, 3 to 6. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. And who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. See, again, great. Thankfully, the Bible doesn't leave us with any you know, room for manoeuvre. He said, look, if you're the Lord's, you will keep his word, you will follow his, and you will walk as Jesus did. And we could just pick up the gospel and say, this is what Jesus did, this is what he said, this is how he lived, am I doing that? And if we're not walking as Jesus did, then we can confidently say we are not where we should be. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the great thing about the word of God. It doesn't leave us you know, any room for maneuver. Now we do, we give ourselves a lot of room for maneuver, but the Bible doesn't. Why? Because this is too important. He loves us too much. You know, when I were kids, you know, we said, oh, if you want to do that, you carry on. Well, some parents did that. Not in my house. You know, hey, get your work done. Get your bedroom cleaned. Do the washing up. Do the ironing. Do the hoovering. No, sadly, I didn't miss that bit. But, uh, you know, when there were things to be done, you had no room for manoeuvre, was it? You've got to, uh, I don't want to go to school. Well, I don't want to go to work. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop working, you stop going to school, let's see what happens, isn't it? Get a school with him, isn't it? 
and, and no room for manoeuvre in, 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 when we come to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is who he is, says he is. So then we say, you are Lord. And, and it makes no sense. But our old fleshly nature wants to be Lord. I want to be my Lord. I want to run my own affairs. Even though I haven't got a clue, every decision I've ever made without consulting the Lord has been a poor decision or not certain of the best decision. And where he is in, I, I'm, I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll carry you if, if needs be. Why? Because as what did Andrew, Andrew Murray says, um, a, a life committed to him, <coughs> when we make him Lord, he is willing and able to carry us and to hold us fast. And he will take responsibility then for our lives. See, uh, as I said before, if I put my money in the bank, then the bank is responsible for my money. If I put it under the mattress and someone steals it, it's no good me going to the bank and saying, well, look, my money's gone. What's your bank account details? What, what, how much have you invested? Oh, no, I didn't invest it here. I kept it under the bed. What are you asking us for? The Bible says, to whom I am persuaded, whoever I committed will keep that to, to the end of the day. What's this hymn? I know him, I believe, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If it's not committed to him, don't come and... and now, if you've given him your life and there's areas that think, what's happening here? What's happening here? You can go to the Lord and give him a moan. Yeah? Moan to him. Not about him. Go and moan to him and say, Lord, what's happening here? And perhaps he'll give you some revelation that he's doing a work in you that... Uh, you're not, you're not, you can't see, but he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So, Lord, and of course, if we are walking as Jesus walked, uh, John 8. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the sinner's man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. See, if we are walking as Jesus did, he said everything I say, everything I do, everything has come from the Father. I do nothing on my own, own, own. The Father's told me, and I'm living that way. And uh, because he was depending on the Holy Spirit to live and to move and to be led and to heal, and that's why he can say to us, you can do it as well. Because he lived through his humanity. So you can say, look, you can please the Father as well if you will walk as I did in the power of the Holy Spirit, listening to me, being led of me. It starts with us putting him right at the core of our lives. Starts, that's thankfully, we have it right at the beginning of our first mention, Genesis 4, 2-5. to and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. First mention. Notice there? First thing. He didn't even bring the first fruits, did he? If he'd brought, if, if he'd brought the first fruits, there would have been some, uh, you know, 
something in his heart. But the, the implication is he brought that which was left over. Uh, Abel brought the first, firstlings, the first. And there's the, these, and straight away we see how the Lord receives that because he is worthy of the best, isn't he? He's worth, of course he's worthy of the best. You know, I'm getting invited to the Queen. I don't think, well, I think I'll, um, I think I'll turn up in jeans and T-shirt. And uh, I, I won't shave. I won't have a bath for a week. I'm not a bath for years, actually. Um, and uh, you know, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah. You, know, you, you, you go and hire a suit, or you buy a new suit. You'd shave. You, you why? Because you, you're going to see the king, the queen. How much more? How much more the king, the king of kings? We turn. We say, Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. And that's why in Malachi he says, "Well, you," he said, "Don't bring me this rubbish." He said, you wouldn't take it to your governor. Why are you bringing it to me? So, there's our first mention. Well, of course, right through the Gospels, right through the heart of the Bible, God is looking to see where our heart is. He is Lord. He is Lord. And there's a battle in our lives for the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many things battle for it. Ultimately, I battle for that, that place in my heart. Yeah, all the things I want to do, all the things I want to be, all, all the, the areas of my life, time, money, ha hobbies, what I listen to, what I watch, all come under those categories of will he be Lord? Or will I say, well, Lord, I, I'll, I'll manage this area of my life. You manage the difficult areas. Matthew 6. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that, that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Suffice sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You see, the blessings that flow when we see clearly, of course, that whole, the whole Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, 7 is what we call the kingdom manifesto, the kingdom, what, what we, how we live. Bottom line is, he's father. 17 times, I think we said, didn't we? 17 times he's revealed as father. When we understand he's father, when we see that, we say, Lord, I'm yours. What do children do? Totally dependent on their parents, aren't they? Totally dependent. And worry-free. Don't they? They don't wake up in the middle of the night, oh, I'm crying, I don't know, Dad, if you'll feed me or, or you'll, you know, you'll clothe me. They don't wake up about that, do they? They never fret about those things. Why? Because they know um, the, the father and, and parents will supply those needs. When we understand that, yeah, we will say, Lord, here I am. And, and what's the blessings? Worry? What's Worry? You don't need to worry. I know what your needs are. Trust me. Seek first the kingdom. There's our response. Our response is to say, Lord, I'm yours. I've got my eyes on you. I'm seeking you first. There's all these issues around me. I can see those going on. But Lord, I know you, my father, you can deal with them. Have your way. Worry-free, stress-free. That's a wonderful place to be, isn't it? And, and some of us, depending on our personality can worry dear me we worry about worry don't we we we, we have night, sleepless nights sometimes 
I've had some sleepless nights. And you think, and then the situation comes and you think, well, it wasn't that bad. Or it resolves itself. Or, you know, the Lord intervenes. Or you may have to go through some difficult times. But the Lord will be there because he promises. Uh, Seek first the kingdom. That's our response. When we see, and that that brings stability, settledness, consistency, commitment, all those lovely things. Well, again, first, keeping in mind, he is Lord. We seek in him first. Uh, Matthew 22. Teacher, which is the greatest command in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Thankfully, blessing the Lord is not complicated, is it? The Lord says, love me first. Love me. Love me. And in loving me, you will be able to love those around you. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? You'll be love those. Even when, uh, uh, we were talking last night about those issues that we, we, we find difficult. I mean, I find some of those things, you know, doesn't compute with my mind some of those things. But you know what? They need Jesus. Um, those people that we, 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 you know, think of a paedophile. Again, that doesn't compute with my mind. Um, you know, it, it, I've got to be careful I don't get angry when I think about it. But they need Jesus, don't they? They need Jesus. You know, there for the grace of God, we have our own issues, don't we? Our own sin. But, you know, they need Jesus. And when we can see him loving us, we can reach out and say, look, if Jesus can love me, he can certainly love you. There's our first port of call. Seeking him first, loving him first. Why? Because who he is. He's wonderful. He's the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He died for us. What, there's no greater motivation to love somebody, is there? You know, um, when you see someone who's done that for us, see who he is. We love him first. And of course, he is the very first person we, we introduce people to. It's our, our essence of who we are as, as a church. 1 Corinthians 15. I passed on to you what I received, of which this was most important, that Christ died for our sins, as the scriptures say, that he was buried and was raised to life on the third day, as the scriptures say. Paul could have talked on many different things. Yeah, you know, his, his, his intellect was... was uh, well-known and uh, well-documented. But he said, you know, when I came, what was the most important? What was the first thing and the most important? He said, all those other things were peripheral. First most important was the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was, I preach Christ and him crucified. Why? Because without that, again, religion, that's all it is. Trying to do our best, trying to live it according to the law, impossible. But he said, I preached Christ in him. That was my first message. That was my first port of call. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's ours. When people say, What's the difference, Dave? Why are you this or why are you that? We can say, Well, because it's Jesus. It's not, it's because of who he is and because I've entrusted my life into his hands. Therefore, difficulties come? Absolutely. How do I handle them? I say, Well, I can't. But it, with him, him holding my hand. Um, uh, what did he say? He upholds me with his right hand 
and he grabs hold of my right hand with his left hand. I was just thinking about that the other day. He upholds me with his right hand, and he said that he grabs hold of my left, my right hand. Well, of course, he's, that's going to be his left hand, isn't it? Yeah, it, that's, the, that's the picture he's, he's bringing us. He's holding us, and he's lifting us. He's grabbing hold of us, if, if needs be. He's our first border call. Well, we must be, always be careful. Because remember, right through the Bible, first, firstborn was the Lord's, remember? Firstborn, it, it reminds you of what he did in Egypt, he said. He brought you out, the Passover, firstborn. <coughs> the first fruits, bring me, present it to me, worship me. Why? Because I've blessed you, I've provided for you, I've protected your crops. Give. In the New Testament, they began to celebrate and worship on the first day of the week, which we still do. As, as a, just, a, again, a declaration that, God, you're on the first day. I'm actually investing this day for the rest of the week. That's what we're doing. We're saying, Lord, this day is yours, where I'm going to worship you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to say, Lord, nothing's going to hinder me. Nothing's going to distract me this day. Why? Because the rest of the week, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. So this first day is yours, absolutely. And, um, of course, today, um, they have... Uh, you know, when God was blessing us, Sunday Sunday was, was a day of separate, wouldn't it? Even some of you can remember back a long time ago, you know, you, very, nothing was open. Nothing was on, was it? Um, but now, it's just any other day. They got to make people work. You don't get, you don't get overtime anymore, do you? You used to have uh, twice uh, double pay in those days. Now it's just another ordinary day. Why? Because we've drifted from. We've lost our vision of the Lord. And so we drift away. Uh, Revelation 2. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and are not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. That's a great promise and a warning, isn't it? To every church, really. Um, keeping the Lord first. Our first love. Because you know when we lose our first love, everything can be great church, Oh, pure, persevering, loved, loved the word, but the passion for the Lord had drifted. He wasn't their first love anymore. Um, it's a lovely story about a, um, a lady. She gets on, on a plane and um, uh, a, a gentleman gets up and said, oh, sorry, ma'am, would you like to sit in here? And uh, she thought, oh, either he thinks I'm old, calling me ma'am. Uh, or he's from Texas, where they still teach uh, good manners, or he's in, in the services. And so they begin to talk and said, um, oh, so you're in the services? She didn't think she was old. Uh, he, he said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Marine. Um, oh, she said, so what's up? He said, I'm just coming back from a year, 18 months away in uh, Operation Desert Storm, it was then. And um, he said, when I, get, when I get to where I am, my family will be there waiting for me in the airport just to take me home. And this is what she said. She said, oh, I bet you've, You've thought about that many, many times, about coming home um, and your family and you're waiting for you. This is what he said. No, ma'am, we, we were taught never to think of what might never be, but to be fully available right where we 
are. That's a good. What might well be. Oh Lord, what if those things I'm going to do. No, no, no. You are here now, today. This is where you are today. What are you going to do for him? Are we going to surrender to him today? See, tomorrow, well, we're going to break into that very soon. What are we going to do today? We've got today. Oh, it's always tomorrow, isn't it? Some people, always tomorrow. No, no, no. Today, that's what we have. Our focus and our heart should be on him. Hebrews 12, our last verse. Wherefore, see, we also can pass about with so great a crowd of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Our focus, our aim, and our purpose is Him. Preeminence of the Lord. That's our our first vision, part of our vision. Preeminence of the Lord in us personally and over the church. Help us, Lord, not to give way to anything or anybody. To keep our eyes and our hearts on Him in every area of our lives. Even when He begins to stir and shake and change the structure of our lives. <laughs> God is good and He loves us and He only does what is best for us. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.